This is a CBC Podcast. It is a bit windy down here. I think it... Yeah, I sometimes go for walks and talk on the phone around here and it's a little... I've got to say that even on a cold, windy day, the waterfront in Verdun is one of my favorite places in Montreal to take a walk. I'm here with Devin Willis. She lives nearby and she loves to walk and bike along here too. So my, my partner and I take bikes along the waterfront all the way to Lachine. And actually, sometimes I bike all the way to the West Island. There's just one problem. So I'm, I'm often looking for, for public washrooms. At one point, they become very sparse. They're, they're very far from each other. And then oftentimes, even though they're there, you get to them and the door's locked, which, which I find really frustrating. And it's not just in this one area. Devin's noticed this in other parts of the city, too. It's not always easy to find a public washroom, especially one that's guaranteed to be open. I think it's such a basic kind of right. People who maybe don't have their own toilet, access to basic hygiene, uh, women who need uh, the bathroom, for example, at certain times of the month. And it's particularly frustrating to her because she knows from living and working in other parts of the world that it doesn't have to be this way. I think I became really aware of the importance of public bathrooms when I was in Taiwan because there are just so many of them. And I was just, it was for the first time, I think I would say in my life, I didn't have to worry when I was outside about where I would go to the bathroom. Uh, and the other thing that I really find amazing is in all their metro stations, train stations, bus stations, they all have public bathrooms and you don't even have to have ridden on the train. Um, but in Montreal, I've always noticed there are very few toilets. And I've never really understood why. Hi, I'm Ainsley McClellan, and this is Good Question Montreal. Thanks to Devin Willis for this question, because honestly, who among us has not found themselves trying to find a washroom when they really, really needed it? And on the surface, it might seem like a simple question. Why don't we have more public washrooms in Montreal? But as I found out, the answer takes us through the complexities of municipal budgets, the history of public toilets and who has access to them, and a whole host of other societal taboos around toilets. And some parts of the city have made progress in recent years. But a lot of the people who I spoke to for this episode say we still don't have enough public washrooms. So brace yourselves, because we're taking the plunge. When we think about bathrooms, we think they're dirty, they're gross, or they're funny. It's really difficult for people to get into the mindset of, actually, a toilet is the same as a bench, or a garbage can, or a stop sign, or a streetlight. Like, it needs to be integrated into the way we build our cities. And we've never really gotten there. That's Leslie Lowe. I'm a freelance journalist and broadcaster and the author of No Place to Go, How Public Toilets Fail Our Private Needs. I started by calling her up because she's probably spent more time than almost anyone in Canada looking at the issue of public washroom access. And I wanted to get a sense of why this is such an important issue. I first really started taking notice of bathrooms in a in a deeper sense because I had kids. Mm. When you have a toddler and a newborn, you have extreme bathroom needs in the sense that um, urgency becomes a factor. That urgency is a factor for a lot of people, say people with reduced mobility who may need more time to get to a restroom. There are bladder issues, prostate issues, pregnancy and postpartum, Crohn's, colitis, IBS. And when bathrooms are hard to find, it means not everyone is able to get out and access their community equally. 
I have very limited issues that prevent me from using a bathroom. I'm housed. I'm middle class. So like if I have to buy a muffin to go in a bathroom, no sweat. Like I will buy the muffin. I don't use a mobility device. I'm not trans. You know, we know trans individuals can face verbal harassment or physical violence in public bathrooms. Like if somebody is sleeping rough and has dependency issues and is, you know, not their best, uh, they may have soiled themselves because of lack of access to a bathroom. They may be prevented from going into a bathroom. And then, you know, where does that person go? So what we saw during COVID, so fascinating, was all of a sudden, people who had typically really great access, those people suddenly had less access. My hope was that people would actually begin to recognize that this is a real problem for many, many people. In some parks, public washrooms are closed due to public health rules during the pandemic. When the pandemic hit and everything closed, access to bathrooms went with it. It's really bad. It, it really affects your experience in the park. The city says it's installed as many as 140 portable toilets in various boroughs. Do we think it's enough? Surely we have to adjust and we're working on it. It was necessity, but it wasn't a priority. It's become more of a priority. When the pandemic hit, businesses downtown also started noticing that they were having more problems with people relieving themselves in alleyways. That increase also coincided with the increase in, uh, in, uh, in the homelessness situation in our downtown and the opioid uh, crisis that we're starting to see downtown, which impacts the behavior quite a lot. Um, so we think a lot about urin urinating, but it's, it's, it's a lot more defecating that's happening now as well. Uh, so it's hard to tell if it was because of the pandemic or the issue. We really think it was just a perfect storm. That's Glenn Castaniera, head of the Downtown Business Association, Montréal Centreville. He says the lack of available washrooms became much more visible during the pandemic, but it only exacerbated what was already a problem. 50% of every single tourist that steps foot in Quebec passes by downtown Montreal. Uh, and the number one question they have is, where is the bathroom? What did you think when you heard that? I laughed. I actually thought, you know, is it a joke? And then I realized how bad of a problem we actually had, which is really, where is the bathroom? He says, of course, when you spend more time downtown, you get to know where there are washrooms you can use, mostly in restaurants and in shops. But there was a time when Montrealers and visitors didn't have to rely so much on businesses to do their business. We had uh, dozens of public bathrooms accessible uh, throughout downtown, but they're no longer accessible. So it turns out that this conversation that we're having about public washrooms, it's not a new one. To learn more about that, we have to go back in time, more than 90 years. In the Montreal archives, you can find this 1932 documentary called Montreal, the City of Progress. It was produced for the Industrial Commission on Unemployment, which had been tasked by Montreal Mayor Camillien Oud to find solutions for the staggering number of people out of work during the Great Depression. One of those solutions? Lots of public works projects, including new fire halls, municipal pools, and public washrooms. Après, 
Nine decades later, I'm in Dorchester Square, standing in front of what used to be one of these public washrooms. It has a unique octagonal shape and these regal-looking ornamental columns. There were people that were uh, sort of affectionately uh, referring to them as les Camilliennes because they were built under the Camillien Oud era of municipal politics. That's Tom Sievright. He's a Montreal tour guide. Uh, but the term Vespasien is a tribute to a Roman emperor, and his name was Vespasian, and he was the one who introduced the concept of public bathrooms to Rome. So we're still catching up to ancient Rome, essentially. <laughs> yeah, all those thoughts of the Roman Empire. You can still see these old Vespasien in some other Montreal parks, like Cabot Square and Carré Saint-Louis. The remnants of others aren't so visible. Some of them were underground. Uh, if you go to Place d'Armes today, right in front of the Notre Dame Basilica, you wouldn't know it, but there are these massive public benches in that square that actually open up, kind of like opening up a book. And inside, you would see there's staircases leading down to the underground Vespasiennes. But if some of these old washrooms are still there, why aren't they open anymore? 1970s, 1980s, our mayor at that time, Jean Drapeau, was obsessed with modernizing Montreal. You would drive a car from the garage in your home through a highway to an indoor parking garage somewhere else. And the use of public space became much less of a concern. Many of the washrooms were neglected and fell into disrepair. But Tom Sievright says the reasons for closing them go beyond simple maintenance costs. The better answer was uh, a wave of homophobia and of uh, wanting to create spaces where uh, queer people were not necessarily encouraged to gather. And it is a reality that gay men would uh, cruise in public bathrooms and often find each other and hook up in public bathrooms and stuff like that. This mayor, Jean Drapeau, wanted none of that. He actually, in another related story, chopped down over a thousand trees on Mount Royal because he'd heard that gay men were fooling around in the bushes. So he killed a bunch of trees that would today be over 100 years old, just under these so-called efforts of morality. Tom Sievright gives queer walking tours of Montreal, and he always stops at this spot to tell this story. The crackdown on bathroom cruising came at a time of increasing police raids on gay bars and bathhouses in downtown Montreal, which was at the time the gay village. There was this uh, motion to move queer people out of the downtown core, which was going to be the place where all the tourists and journalists would come for the 1976 Summer Games. So the city administration thought that it wouldn't be great for Montreal's image to have all these queer people walking around. Remember, if you were gay, having sex was still considered a crime in Canada until 1969, just a few years before. This was not an environment where it was easy to meet people and date openly if you weren't straight. That pushed some Montrealers to seek out other clandestine places. Tom Sievright sees some parallels between this history and some of the debates that we see today around public washrooms. It was never about public bathrooms. Uh, it was always about prejudice and homophobia and trying to control who has access to what and who can be where. There's this whole slew of behaviors, cruising, sex, drug use, that are not the intended 
activity for the bathrooms, but which happen in bathrooms because that there's nowhere else for people to go to do these things. And I guess the very like black and white view of that would be like, well, we shouldn't give people places where they can go, you know, inject drugs. Um, but really what we need to look at there is like a, the deeper social problems that our society is faced with. Leslie Lowe says in San Francisco, they've tried to address this by having bathroom attendants outside some public washrooms. They keep lines moving and make sure the bathrooms are safe. But she says these social issues are complex enough that some cities just decide it's too difficult to get it right. And that means some people are left to their own devices. I'm an artist, so I like to look at stuff art doing a lot. So Daniel has been living on the streets for eight years, and he says he doesn't take much for granted. Uh, I appreciate a lot of little things, too, more than I ever did. Uh, I don't know, little things, uh, beauty of, I don't know, like a little bush of flowers, the way it looks nice and all stuff like that. Little things that I didn't even pay attention to before a long time ago. And he certainly doesn't take it for granted when he can find a clean, available bathroom. He lives camping outside, and he finds he often gets turned away from using restaurant washrooms reserved for customers. Me, because uh, I'm homeless, so to me, it just I know it's like discrimination. So you know, I don't know. I'm kind of used to it by now. And because they, they assume that you're gonna mess things up. Or no, because a lot of a lot of the homeless, all that, are uh, drug addicts and stuff like that, and, and they're gonna shoot up in bathrooms, and uh, some of them drink beer in there, and they fall asleep in there, and. Uh, they cause trouble, they break stuff, and uh, so that's what I guess. They put us all in the same pot, and they, you know, they just, uh, to them, we're all the same. I stopped to speak with Daniel because I really wanted to hear more from unhoused people directly about what they experience. Most people I met chatted with me for a bit. They didn't want to talk about it on tape, which is understandable. It's kind of an awkward and personal topic. But then I met Daniel... And we've agreed not to use his real name so that he can speak freely about what it's really like living on the streets and trying to find a washroom. Because, as he explains, sometimes, despite your best efforts, you end up having to do something illegal. I didn't get in trouble so far, but I'm lucky, though. I look around for alleys and all that, and uh, I know, uh, a little bush around, so that, and you got to hurry up sometimes. You, know? you got to go, you got to go, you know. You gotta go for a poop too. Besides that, come on, no. What are you gonna do that after? No. Then you really gotta run around in alleys and make sure you got toilet paper with you or some kind of paper. No. You ca- you you carry that with you? Like are you trying to? Yeah. All kind of paper on me all the time. Yeah. Emergency paper, I call yeah. it. That it is. And, uh, the wipe it, sir. Yeah. Other folks I talked to said they get to know which businesses will let them use the washrooms. They go to hospitals or the Palais des Congrès. A group of women told me the worst times are early in the morning and late at night when a lot of the buildings are closed. And they said they find it harder than the men do to just go in an alleyway. Daniel says he wishes there were better solutions. There has been some movement. In 2018, the Ville-Marie Borough opened its first self-cleaning automatic toilets. The plan was to open 12 of them. So far, there are seven, mostly in the eastern part of the borough, in the village, one in Old Montreal. Another is planned for the new Place des Borealaises under construction next to the Champ de Mars metro. They cost $250,000 to half a million dollars each, about $25,000 a year each to maintain. Daniel says he's used the ones that are near Barry Ucam and Papineau metros, and he finds there are pros and cons. It's fun because they're clean, because, you know, sometimes the little blue ones are there. Some of them are pretty, uh, pretty nasty. But uh, those are very clean a lot. But the thing is, 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 
it's the waiting, and sometimes uh, there's, there's a waiting list, so at 15 minutes each, uh, some people take their whole 15 minutes, so then, uh, come on, no, so it's ridiculous. No. He says, in contrast, those blue portable ones are not always pleasant to use, but they're quick in a pinch, and they take less time to install than the automatic ones have taken. It makes the city messy, you know, I don't know, you see pea stains all around, I don't know, they should do something about it for the city. So at this point, I'm wondering, what is the best solution to make public washrooms more widely available in the city? Could Montreal make another major effort to build public toilets the way that Camillien Oud did in the 1930s? And if not, why not? I contacted the city of Montreal and was put in touch with Maya Vadanovich, the borough mayor for Lachine and executive committee member in charge of waterworks and consultations with boroughs. She says, from her perspective in her own borough, the situation has improved a lot since the start of the pandemic. And, you know, people were even telling us, you know, people are, you know, they're they're peeing in the lake, you know, do something. So we we started installing them. And the borough added 18 portable toilets and keeps eight heated ones open in the winter. They opted for portables so that they could act quickly and also because the costs are lower up front than building new public washrooms. But over time, the rental costs per toilet do add up. It's between 2500 to 3500 per month because that includes the maintenance. The paper and the cleaning, which is a big job. Long term, she says the plan is to build new, permanent, accessible washroom facilities or to upgrade existing toilets. Lachine has 28 public washrooms, but some of the ones in park chalets aren't insulated, so they can't open in the winter. Maya Vadanovich says the borough plans to add toilets and parks as they come up for other renovations. But that's not a quick process because public washrooms are competing with all sorts of other infrastructure costs from a limited budget. Like just for Lachine, we have $3.7 million a year to invest to fix our 50 buildings, to fix our local roads, and to maintain our parks. That's very, very little money. So it's a question of priority, you know, and if we say, well, if, if there's a place close to restaurants and shops, well, should we also put money in to put in a public washroom? And then you have to have people who go and clean it. Each of the city's 19 boroughs are in charge of their own public washrooms. And ultimately, Vananovich says, for boroughs to build more toilets, they need to have money for it from the city. The central city creates programs. So, for instance, they will create a program to redo baseball parks. We have a program that redoes our outdoor pools. But we haven't yet had a program to build out outdoor washrooms. So that would be a cool program to have. So if we had a budget, for sure, we would, we would do it. Yeah. The city of Montreal says there are no plans for now to create a program like this. So that means it's still up to boroughs to build new public washrooms. In the meantime, where does this leave Montrealers and visitors who need to find a place to go? Some folks are taking matters into their own hands. Go to the end of this corridor. Turn right and there you are. Clean bathroom downtown Yai. This is a TikTok account called Envie Pressante, and its creator, Clara Maté-Genet, posts videos of the best places to find washrooms, inspired by a similar account called Gotta Go NYC. She rates washrooms on things like cleanliness, accessibility, and whether there's a diaper change table or sanitary products. 
Clara says initiatives like the automatic toilets in Ville Marie are a good start, but she'd like to see better access in less central boroughs too, like Montréal Nord, where she's from. For her, it's about making the city where she lives more equitable. I try to focus on bathrooms that are open to the public because when you have to uh, ask permission uh, in a private shop or restaurant, uh, you are confronted to the biases of the person in front of you uh, and that opens discrimination based off appearances, social status or race. I mean, that should just not happen. But what if you could make all of those toilets and shops and restaurants fully available to the public without having to go through that potentially fraught interaction? That's the idea behind Le Petit Coin. Le Petit Coin is a network we've put in place in 2021 to give public access to uh, private uh, bathrooms in the downtown area. Le Petit Coin literally means the little corner, but it's a euphemism for a washroom. Glenn Castaniera of the Downtown Business Association says it's modeled after a similar program in Germany. Today, this is a network of 10 official property owners of businesses. It includes uh, cultural venues. It includes churches as well and non-for-profits. Most of them uh, participate for free. Some of them we give uh, financial compensation because they need to hire more staff to maintain the facilities. Participating business owners agree to let everyone use their washrooms, not just customers. Of course, with the only exception of being uh, orderly uh, disconduct uh, if, uh, if it hinders the safety of anyone or the, the cleansiness of the space. The user doesn't have to sign anything, right? But it's everybody's job, isn't it, to be uh, respectful of the environment, uh, but other, other people around. So far, he says there hasn't been a huge impact on foot traffic in businesses, and he says it hasn't had much of an impact on cleanliness in alleyways. But he's still hoping to grow the network, for example, adding more hotels to give more people options for washrooms outside of normal business hours. Sometimes it takes a bit of convincing. It's not a natural reflex for a business to say, I'll let people who are not customers use my facilities. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type thing. But he says it's about making downtown a place where people feel comfortable spending a lot of time, which ultimately would be better for business. And on that front, he's already seeing results. One of our uh, customers uh, sent us a long email thanking us for this initiative. He was suffering, and still is suffering from Crohn's disease, explaining just how anxious he was every time he came downtown, or any other public space, mind you. Having access to public facility as a bathroom really goes into the basic needs that everybody needs. So in the end, we've learned that Montreal has more toilets than we might think, but they aren't always accessible, visible, or open to everyone who needs them. And while there has been some progress, improving access would require investment, and a bit of a culture change too, to see public washrooms as critical infrastructure that Montrealers need. Thanks to Devin Willis for this week's question and to everyone who helped answer it. If you have something you've been wondering about Montreal life, you can send us your question at cbc.ca slash goodquestionmontreal. Good Question Montreal is produced by Sarah Dubray with story editing and sound design by Craig Desson. It's written, recorded, edited, and hosted by me, Ainsley McClellan. Thanks for asking, Montreal. Talk to you next week. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.